Hello, and welcome to the ROE 17 podcast. My name is Mark Jontry, and I am the Regional Superintendent of Schools for ROE 17. Today, joining me is Emily Cole, one of our transition specialists. Emily leads a team with Ryan Deason, Marie Yoder, and Maureen Roach. Together, they manage an annual caseload of about 300 students across our region. They serve students through the Secondary Transitional Experience Program, otherwise known as STEP, which is an evaluation, training, and employment program that prepares students with disabilities for transition to employment and community participation during and after high school. With that, let's get started and welcome Emily. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me, Emily. First of all, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about what the transition services team does and, and what STEP is? Sure. So. Ryan Marie and I partner with the STEP work program at the high schools in McLean, Livingston, Logan, and DeWitt counties. The STEP program is sponsored by the Division of Rehabilitation Services. We shorten that to DRS. And this is an agency that assists individuals with disabilities in achieving their employment goal. So DRS services can continue after the student graduates or exits from school. So we act as a liaison between DRS and the schools. We collect the paperwork for the students to have a case open with the Division of Rehab Services and ensure that the DRS has all the information they need on the students. So once the student has a case open, we meet with the students approximately three times during the school year to talk to them about what they're currently doing at work. Um, and we also talk to them about what it is that they want to do in the future. So we discuss their career goals and their plans this gives DRS an idea of what support the student might need after they are done with the school. We also attend IEP meetings to talk to families and students about DRS services and other transition-related topics. So we talk to families about the PUNS list, SSI, guardianship, college support, really whatever makes sense for that student. We, we serve a wide variety of students with a wide array of disabilities. We certainly have some students who are planning on going on to college and they may be looking at um, accommodations and supports at the college level. We also have some students that want to go directly into the workforce and may simply need some support with career exploration and really finding out what it is that would be a, the best fit for them as it relates to work. Um, and then we work with some students who are going to need more significant supports. Um, they may need a job coach. Um, they may need some support with obtaining a job. And we talk to them about what support could be available to them as well. You mentioned the PUNS list. What does PUNS stand for? Prioritization of Urgent Need for Services. It's a database of everyone in the state of Illinois with an intellectual disability. Um, to be on the list, you need to have an IQ of 70 or under, or you could have a diagnosis of autism or other related disabilities, but you would also need to have significant deficits in some life areas, such as communication, daily living skills, um, those types of things. So basically, you need to contact the local ISA agency, and for us, that would be Champaign County Regional Planning Commission. They help individuals get on the PUNS list. It's a waiting list. The goal is for students to not be on it longer than five years, but once someone's name is what we call pulled from that list, they can receive funding for support 
really after they're done with school. So that support can look like home-based services so that families can have funding available to them to continue to support them in achieving whatever their goals are. Um, it can also look like residential support, so group homes in the community. So it's really access to resources. Yes, That's absolutely, great. for additional funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier a little bit about job placements as, as assisting with that. Can you kind of talk a, a little bit about job placements and, and how the team goes about yeah. that and, and what your assistance looks like in, in trying to help individuals Sure. With that? So first, I have to give a huge shout out to the vocational coordinators at the local schools. They do a great job of assisting students with finding jobs in the community. So some vocational coordinators have really forced some good connections with some businesses, um, and that gives students the opportunity sometimes to gain work experiences. So in an unpaid job where they're building on their work skills and also finding out maybe what they might be interested in doing as far as a job. really we want to give students that exposure to different job opportunities because they may not even know what is out there. We also want students to be in paid jobs. So many times the vocational coordinators assist them in applying for jobs or they may have connections that give some of the students a little bit of a leg up in getting some of those jobs. Um, But some of our schools are very remote and their vocational coordinators may not have as much time to devote to developing those job sites. So we do have a job developer, Maureen. She is new this year. Um, She can assist schools with contacting local businesses and educating the business on the STEP program and really the benefits of hiring some of our students. And again, this was really designed to help some of those schools expand their work opportunities for those students that are in the STEP program. Very good. That's very informative. When we talk about just how students are deemed successful, how is success defined? How is it measured with the students that are served through STEP? So the goal of the STEP program is for students to obtain a paid job in the community. That's the goal through the Division of Rehab Services. So a student can achieve what they consider an outcome by working 240 hours at a paid job for 60 work days. So that is one way that we measure success. It's a definitive way that we can track. However, success really looks different from student to student. For example, a student may be doing an excellent job at their unpaid work site that is teaching them those valuable work skills and preparing them for that next step of getting a paid job. So in that situation, success may look like improvement and growth from one quarterly work evaluation to the next. Right. Um, For some students, it may look like improvement in advocating at at their job site or initiating of tasks or really um, increasing their time on task, decreasing their dependence on the job coach, those types of things. We've tried to celebrate um, those what may look like a small success, but for that student may be a huge accomplishment. Um, And really, again, it's very individualized to where that student's at in their growth. So this program is really important for individuals with disabilities. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes parents of these students and the students themselves don't know all of the resources that are available. And so to try to help bridge that, you have set up a transition fair uh, that's coming up next month in April. Can you tell us a little bit about the transition fair on April 11th? Sure. The Transition Planning Committee has put together a transition fair on April 11th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Heartland Community College in the Astroth Community Education Building. This is for specifically high school juniors, seniors, and super seniors with a disability. And we would love to see parents come to this event. There's going to be a wide variety of vendors. There's going to be about 30 vendors in attendance that cover a wide variety of different services that could be available to students and parents. Any parent of a child with a disability is welcome to attend. It's geared towards that transition age, but certainly if there's a parent of an elementary or junior high student that wants information, we would love to have them come. We will have the vendors grouped together by service category. So for example, all the transportation vendors will be together, social recreational vendors, and et cetera. We will have an informational page with a short blurb about each of the vendors so that students and parents can strategically find who they need to talk to. And there will be door prizes for the students. So we hope that it'll just be a great event that people can come and learn about different resources in the community and make those connections um, to help ease some of that anxiety as students move from school to adulthood. We know that that can be a big jump and we know that that can cause a lot of anxiety for families and for students to really find out what sort of support um, is available. That is great. And do they need to sign up in advance to attend the fair? Can they just walk in? Anyone can just walk in. It's an open house style event, so nope, no need to register. Just come. Well, thank you, Emily. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we finish up uh, today? No, I think that that sums it up. Thank you very much for your time, and I hope this has been very informational uh, as you've joined us for another episode of ROE 17 Pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 Pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.